0: That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning
1: podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Jake Crumpler. What's up fellow fantasy managers, welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler and it's the weekend, so as always I'll be taking over for Bubba as the host of the weekend editions of the podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter and can find all of my work at CrumplerBaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball related from Friday, June 23rd. We'll kick it off, as always, with the transactions, injuries, news, and notes from around the league. Our IL placements, we have got two guys, both outfielders in the Bay Area. Mike Yastrzemski of the Giants was placed on the 10-day IL with a left hamstring strain. He likely won't miss much more than the minimum... But he hits the IL nonetheless. Blake Sable and Bryce Johnson should see more time in the outfield for the Giants. And elsewhere, Ramon Laureano of the A's was placed on the 10-day IL with a fractured right hand. He fractured it while sliding into third base on Thursday and will likely require more than a couple weeks to recover since this is more of a severe injury. J.J. Bleday and the recently recalled Connor Capel will receive more playing time in the outfield until Laureano returns. In terms of transactions, we got one of our first notable trades as third baseman Eduardo Escobar was traded by the Mets to the Angels. The Mets received two minor league pitchers in return and the Angels also got a little bit of cash. Escobar is a direct replacement for Gio Urshela who was recently ruled out for the season with a fractured pelvis. He will fill a utility role as he has experience playing all across the infield. Escobar has posted a subpar 92 WRC plus and isn't very fantasy relevant at the moment, but this is one of the first noteworthy trades of the season. And our other transaction is second baseman Nick Gonzalez of the Pirates was finally promoted. He's the team's number five prospect according to MLB Pipeline, but was once ranked higher due to his status as being the seventh overall pick in the 2020 draft. He was a great hitter coming out of New Mexico State, but he hasn't exactly lit up the minors since being drafted. He's been solid. He posted an 817 OPS across three levels in 2022 and pretty much matched that performance with an 820 OPS at AAA this year. But the power and the the hit tool hasn't been exactly what we expected. Pipeline rates his contact as his best tool with a 55 grade and he also walks a lot and his prospect pedigree suggests a higher ceiling than he's displayed, but there still seems to be a little bit lacking. It may be a while until we see him attain that full potential. Gonzalez will be the team's everyday second baseman moving forward. In terms of new starting pitcher Nestor Cortez is a week away from throwing off a mound, so his return is imminent and starting pitcher Shane McClanahan of the Rays, his back is feeling better, after being pulled early from a start and he seems optimistic about making his next start. And before we check out the notable performances from Friday, we've got a quick word from Underdog Fantasy. Are you ready to step up to the plate and show off your fantasy baseball skills? Check out Underdog Fantasy's seventh inning stretch tournament from now through July 14th, where you can build your dream team and compete against your friends for the $150,000 in total prizes. The best part, once you draft your team, you're all set. No need to worry about Wave substitutions or trades during the tournament don't worry about setting your lineups each week underdog will automatically select your highest scoring players for you the seventh inning stretch has four thrilling rounds each with its own player groups from the 12 person groups in round one to the intense 134 person final group in round four the competition keeps getting more intense the farther you go and with our code p-i-t-c-h-e-r-l-i-s-t you'll receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 and it's only $7 to enter. Just check the description of this episode for the signup link and make sure you use the promo code PitcherList when you sign up. Mark your calendars. The tournament starts right after the MLB All-Star break, so get ready to dive into the action. So what are you waiting for? Visit the link in the episode description, use promo code PitcherList, and receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Join us in the seventh inning stretch tournament and experience the thrill of fantasy baseball like never before on Underdog. Good luck and may the best team win. You must be 18 years or older 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and be present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call one 877 hopeny and in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789 now we'll take a look at the notable performances from Friday a day in which we only had 14 games because the Cubs and the Cardinals we're traveling to london to begin the london series we'll start off with our hitters leading off with ellie de la cruz as he set the fantasy baseball and the baseball world in general on fire as he hit for the cycle he went four for five scoring three times and knocking in four runs as he knocked in a single a double a triple and hit a home run and added on a stolen base for good measure the home run was his third of the year and he's up to seven steals now and while it was sort of a mediocre home run he made up for it by posting the highest exit velocity of the day on a 160 point six mile per hour double it's been a meteoric rise for the 21 year old phenom and friday was the peak thus far he displayed his full set of skills in a dominating performance that helped his team to its 12th straight win de la cruz's electric tools will make him an elite fantasy asset as long as those strikeouts don't become a problem on the same team joey Votto also had a huge game going two for four with two runs and four rbi he went deep twice and he's up to three home runs now both of his home runs traveled at least 415 feet with an exit velocity of at least 100 Five miles per hour, and he's only been back for four games. But Votto already has a trio of home runs. This tear is reminiscent of his 36 homer 2021 campaign, but it's much too early to place that label on this season. For now, he's hitting in the middle of one of the hottest lineups in baseball and doesn't look to have missed a beat after sitting out the first two and a half months of the season. Is he a must pick up in every league? I don't think so, but he'll be an interesting Fab target in 15 team leagues and deeper this weekend. And if Votto can show this isn't just a fun blip on the radar, he will be. Bursting onto the 12 team scene shortly. On the other side of that game, Matt Olson did his best to keep his team in the game. He went two for five with two home runs of his own. He scored twice and knocked in three runs. He's up to 23 home runs now, which ties for the National League lead with Pete Alonso. But besides the power, Olsen hasn't really provided much in a fantasy sense. While he's walking more than ever, the strikeouts have returned and are coming in at a career worst rate. However, he's making up for that with the best stat cast metrics of his career. He said a new max exit volume velocity and is barreling the ball and hitting it hard more than ever. So while the average is likely to remain below 240, Olsen will be one of the premier long ball threats in baseball while calling the cleanup role home all year long. And Lastly, we have Willie Adamas in Cleveland as he helped the Brewers to a win going four for five with two runs, a double, and five RBI. He also blasted two long balls, the first of which was the most impressive, traveling 423 feet with a 109.2 mile per hour exit velocity. He's up to 12 home runs on the year now, but it's sort of been a down season for Adamas with very few batted balls going his way. He's been one of the unluckier hitters in baseball with a sub 250 babip and a 30 point disparity in his woba and expected woba. This, however, might might be the start of the turnaround it may not get him all the way back to his peak level but Adamus will be a more than serviceable shortstop option with tons of power going forward adding cleanup every day for the brew crew is also pretty nice consolation and will also provide Adamus plenty of run producing opportunities but if you'd like a breakdown of the other notable hitting performances from friday make sure to check out the daily batter's box article over on Pitcherlist.com. now we'll head to the mound and look at the notable starting pitching performances starting off with the lefty jesus luzardo as he got the tough luck, no decision versus the Pirates. He tossed seven scoreless innings, allowing just three base runners while striking out nine as he earned the golden goal as he led baseball with 19 whiffs and tied for the lead with 35% CSW. And his tertiary pitch, pitches slider was actually his best pitch in this one. It induced seven whiffs to the tune of a 52% CSW, but his fastball and change were also effective with six whiffs apiece. It hasn't been quite the ascension we had hoped after last year's breakout for Luzardo, but he has still been a great option all year. It does sort of feel like he's been a bit unlucky as his swinging strike rate suggests he should be striking out more batters than he is, and his CSW mark is one of the best in baseball. However, his issues with homers have remained consistent, resulting in an inflated ERA. More outings like this will go a long way towards returning his surface level numbers closer to his ERA estimators, but Luzardo will look to maintain a success in his next outing in Boston. The man that kept Luzardo from earning the win with that great performance was Luis Ortiz, as he stole the win tossing eight innings of one run ball while he allowed seven hits and two walks and struck out five he had 12 whiffs and a 28 percent csw and he had at least three whiffs with each of his sinker slider and four seamer and he was efficient in surviving eight frames with fewer than 100 pitches and despite the great performance and the sub four era on the season for ortiz there's not much to like in his profile. He doesn't strike out guys, and he walks way too many batters. CSW and PLV hate him, and his whip and ERA estimators all suggest a much worse pitcher. The one silver lining is that Ortiz is pretty good at getting grounders, and he throws the ball pretty hard, but it all seems like a profile of a pitcher destined for the bullpen in the future. I wouldn't expect too many outings like this one in the future, especially not against the Padres next time out. Elsewhere, Lucas Giolito took home the tough luck losses. he tossed six innings, allowing three hits. He allowed three runs but only one earned and he had one walk but he made up for that with 10 punch outs. he had 17 whiffs and a 33 csw and while the error kept his era down it led to the tough luck loss he showed increased fastball velocity in this one and that sort of made all the difference it allowed his slider to play up with 11 whiffs and a 51 percent csw and it's been a pretty great platform year for free agency for giolito and it's also been a great bounce back campaign for him however after severely underperforming his era estimators last year the opposite is true this year as he's overperforming them. He's been very lucky in terms of Babip and left on base rate, and he hasn't regained the strikeout ability he exhibited prior to last year. Giolito has been unable to recover the velocity, except for in this game that he lost last year and hasn't been getting as many swings and misses on his changeup as he did in years past. And while these might seem like minor issues in the grand scheme of things, all of it together could mean a stretch of blowouts when things aren't going his way. The trade at the deadline is pretty likely, but he'll need to join a pitching savvy team to help him get back to his ace form. Giolito will have a tough matchup in Anaheim in his next outing. While I'm starting him, I wouldn't expect him to have another 10 strikeout outing. And lastly, we've got Kenta Maeda in his return from the IL in Detroit as he earned the win, tossing five scoreless innings while striking out eight. He allowed just three hits and two walks. He had 11 whiffs and a 30% CSW, and after a two-month absence, you'd expect a little rust, but Maeda looked great in his return from the IL. His splitter and fastball combined for nine whiffs and were his main weapons. While the matchup was very cushy, Maeda is someone to heavily consider moving forward because of his ace-level ceiling. Probably won't see it immediately, and the Twins will probably take it easy on him, and he's likely an avoid in his next outing versus the hard-hitting Braves, but he's a guy to put on your watch list in 12-teamers and probably stash in 15-teamers. But if you'd like a breakdown of every single start from Friday, give the Plus Pitch Podcast a listen and check out Nick's daily starting pitcher roundup over on pitcherlist.com. Now we'll head to the bullpen and look at the relievers that got saves and the closers that pitched outside of save situations or blew their saves. In terms of saves, Kenley Jansen notched his 16th save. Yohan Duran got number 10 and lit up the pitch velocity leaderboard. Trevor May got number four. Will Smith, his 14th. David Bednar, his 15th. Justin Lawrence, his third. And Bruzar Graderall, his fourth. And Alexis Diaz and Camilo Duvall, each got their 20. First, to tie for the National League lead. In terms of closers to pitch outside of save situations or blow their saves, Clay Holmes pitched the eighth in a tie game for the Yankees and gave up the go ahead run. Jordan Romano pitched the ninth in a tie game and gave up a go ahead home run to the A's. AJ Puck pitched the ninth for the Marlins, up by one and blew the save. And Jose Alvarado and Craig Kimbrell pitched the eighth and ninth inning, respectively, up by four. But if you'd like a rundown of all of the top relief pitching performances from Friday, check out the daily reliever ranks article over on PitcherList. And before we look forward to today, we're going to take a quick break.
0: Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N O O M.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: Now we'll look forward to Saturday, June 24th, a day in which we'll have a full slate of 15 games. The notable game is the Cubs and Cardinals in London as they kick off the London series. That should be an exciting matchup. My matchup of the day is Freddie Peralta versus Tanner Bibby. Both guys are electric when they're on, and I think that could be a very underrated great pitching matchup. In terms of probable starters, our auto start tier has eight guys, including Freddie Peralta, and also has Pablo Lopez in Detroit. James Paxton on the south side of Chicago. Chicago, and Merrill Kelly in San Francisco. Our probably start tier has four guys, and our questionable start tier has three guys, and that's where we'll find our streamer of the day in Reese Olsen versus the Twins. He's got a couple great secondaries, and the Twins lineup has not been too great recently, but I'd also keep an eye out for Osvaldo Bito in Miami as he has looked pretty solid in his first couple starts, and the Marlins aren't too scary. In terms of hitter suggestions, we've actually got a lot of options today. The Cubs and Cardinals hitters in London is where I would start off We've seen how MLB likes to use juice balls in these international showcases, so we could see a home run derby ensue in London. I also like Braves and Reds hitters in Great American Small Park. The ball has been flying there recently. We just saw a 10 to 11 game yesterday. The Braves face Graham Ashcraft in his return from the IL, and that could be a massacre considering how he was pitching before he hit the IL. And lastly, Angels and Rockies hitters are good targets as always as they play in Coors Field. And now we'll close things out with our relievers to watch. Jordan Romano. Has pitched in three of the last four days for the Blue Jays. Nate Pearson seems to be the best option for the ninth day because Eric Swanson has also pitched in three of the last four. AJ Puck has gone on consecutive days for the Marlins, so Dylan Floro is likely to get the call if a save arises. And lastly, both Craig Kimbrel and Jose Alvarado have pitched in each of the past two days, and so has Gregory Soto. So fourth and fifth options, Matt Strom and Jeff Hoffman may have a shot at a rare vulture save. But that'll do it for today's episode of the First Pitch Podcast. Make sure to head on over to pitcherless.com to check out all of the great articles and features we have on the site including fantastic player pages and daily dfs suggestions join pl pro to gain access to the discord to interact with Pitcherless staff and members of the community as well as to utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues that'll wrap up this edition of the podcast you can follow me on twitter at jake crumpler tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast and make sure to enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball